Welcome to Highway Christian Community Sermon Downloads. For more sermons, please visit our website. We know you will be blessed as you listen. Take care and God bless. I just feel like um, I just feel rather under the influence of God's goodness right now. <laughs> so I'm just trying to gather everything together. <laughs> um, but I just want to I just want to pray for us. Lord, I just thank you that you are pouring your goodness over us. I just Lord, we we where our revelation of your goodness has not been infinite and incredible and amazing and and absolute and without any trace of anything not good. Lord, we say, say, break that off now and just open our eyes to your incredible goodness. And it's not just that you are good out there and keep your goodness to yourself, but that you just continue to pour your goodness over us. We just thank you, Jesus. We just thank you. I just feel like the Lord today is wanting to, even as you're sitting there, and we're just renewing our minds and washing our minds with the word that we, uh, that you will just, I feel like he's just raining goodness down on people. So if you just zone out and stop listening, then my job's done. <laughs> if you're just, just experiencing God's goodness and just sensing his presence so heavily on you, uh, that's perfectly fine. That would be amazing. So, so yeah, let's, let's carry on, but uh, if that's where you're at, then stay there. Don't, don't mind me. <laughs> so, by way of, of recap, uh, the one thing I wanted to mention is keeping uh, tempted to kind of put terms and conditions on this, and even this week, I, was, I really should say this, and I should say that, and <sighs> no. <laughs> God is, is amazing and good and uh, there's so much around the world. What about, what about? And I just feel like we need to break that off and say, God, I'm going to look at your goodness and you tell me where to go from there. You tell me where to go from there. So, so that, that was the one, the one recap. And the second little bit of a recap uh, is, is that what I was mentioning about that, that flight, fight or freeze uh, response to stress situations and how that's totally valuable in, a, in, in the moment where you need to rescue someone from a burning building. You really need that. But, but over a long period, that's really not helpful. But how do we get out of that? Because sometimes, especially people who struggle with anxiety, it becomes, becomes kind of a cycle, and you're anxious about being anxious about the thing, about the anxious and whatever. And uh, I feel like what we've got today is, is a key to get out of that cycle. And I'll get back to that a bit later, but I just wanted to... to uh, to start a little bit with that. So, we started off looking at uh, 2 Corinthians 8. And uh, if you didn't make it last week, I really recommend that you go and read 2 Corinthians 8. I was using the Passion Translation uh, and really enjoying it. And we were looking at the difference between a scarcity mindset and an abundance mindset. So I'm just going to recap just a few of them, just touch on them as by way of foundation and a reminder. Uh, the, it's the, the school teacher in me coming out. I did used to teach high school back in the day, way back in the day. 
Anyway, so scarcity mindset says, I'll give when I have enough. Uh, an abundance mindset says, I can give even out of my lack because I am so rich in the spirit. Uh, and a scarcity mindset says, what can I get out of this? We approach situations, we approach people uh, saying, how, who will supply my needs? How can I get my needs met in this? Whereas when we come from a, an abundance mindset, we can say, what can I give? Whose need can I supply? Because God gives every single one of us something to give. He's, we've got something in our hands to give at any point. And then and with a scarcity mindset, generosity is a duty motivated by guilt. But now under abundance mindset, generosity is a privilege motivated by joy and love. Uh, with a scarcity mindset, there's a limited pie. If you gain something, I lose something. There's, there's only a certain amount to go around, and it's a, it's a zero-sum thing. It's a plus and a minus. The accountants know what I'm talking about. When you plus on this side, you minus on that side. It's a double entry, not God's economy. In God's economy, there is always enough. Uh, he, can, he can plus on all sides. <laughs> I know that doesn't work in accounting. I'm sorry, but you get the idea. <laughs> Uh, and he can make win-win outcomes for all. That, that is our incredible God. Uh, scarcity mindset uh, tends towards orphan thinking, independent thinking, whereas an abundance mindset uh, is, uh, is community-oriented. In a scarcity mindset, my money is mine. I worked hard for it. Uh, in an abundance mindset, everything I have, my energy, my time, my body, my brains, everything I have to work, it's all come from him. It's all his anyway. Uh, under a scarcity mindset, my money and my spirituality are separate. Don't talk to me about my money. I'll do the God thing, but never the twain shall meet. Uh, but actually, uh, our, our money can be redeemed through our relationship with God. With a scarcity mindset, people should get what they deserve. For the wages of sin is death. <laughs> that's, what we, that's what we deserve. That's what we earn, uh, but in an abundance mindset, through Jesus, we don't get what we do deserve, and we do get what we don't deserve. He's just turned it totally upside down. It's not about the wages of sin as death. The gift of God is eternal life. It's got nothing to do with us and what we deserve. And so we can look at someone and say, do you deserve what I'm going to give you or not? Uh, Actually, we should just hear from God and say, God, what do you say? Because I deserve nothing. There was, there was, there was nothing that I could possibly have brought to the situation to, to deserve what God has, has given me, and he has blessed me abundantly. And I think that also comes back to that thing where we are blessed to be a blessing. We are blessed to be a, be a blessing. There's, there's, we are not blessed to be, we'll get there, hashtag so blessed. Uh, we are blessed to be a blessing. That's on my next one. Sorry, I'm going too, 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 too fast. But uh, our, our relationship uh, with him is transformational, not transactional. And so often we see money as purely transactional. Give, take, plus, minus. But I feel like God is wanting to break our mindsets and see money and finance and wealth and resources as transformational, as having an effect far beyond just the trade that I could do for that money. Our money can, can have uh, spiritual implications that echo into eternity beyond just the two liters of milk that I could, that I could buy with it. And that goes back to that scripture, for you have experienced the extravagant grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
And although he was infinitely rich, he impoverished himself for our sake so that by his poverty, we could become rich beyond measure. It's not about what we deserve. It's about what he's done. And so this is where we ended last time. So we'll carry on a bit from there. So here are my thoughts concerning this matter, and it's in your best interests. Since you made such a good start last year, both in the grace of giving and in your longing to give, you should finish what you started. You were so eager in your intentions to give, so go do it. Finish this act of worship according to your ability to give. And what's so, just in case you, you are coming in now, what was happening is Paul was talking to the church in Corinth about the Macedonians who had been so generous in their giving. And now the Corinthians had promised, a year before, they had promised that they would, they would give. And so Paul is saying, well, just, you know, you did say that you were going to do this, so, so now's the time. We're busy organizing for people to come and collect this gift that you've been wanting to give. And again, the, he's saying, you, you said you were going to do it, and now you do it. And I think that's true of our giving also. If, we, if our giving is dependent on our circumstances, then, then you know, if there's enough at the end of the month, then it's, it's not going to happen. But we hear from God, and that's why it's so important to hear from God on this. We hear from God, and we give. And we follow through. We do what, what we believe he's told us to do. Uh, and I think when, when, when we allow money to dictate our giving, when we allow our resources and our circumstances to dictate our giving, then, then we actually end up serving money instead of money serving us. And so for me, I had a, had a, had a revelation of, of what is idolatry, uh, large number of years back, and it's really been so helpful for me, uh, because things, things in themselves are not bad. The uh, Scripture says, um, you know, people misquote Scripture and say, uh, money is the root of all evil, but it's not money that's the root of all evil. It's the love of money that's the root of all evil. And that was a key to me in understanding idolatry. When I start serving something other than Jesus, that is idolatry. When I start serving something other than Jesus, that is idolatry. When I start serving my children over and above Jesus, that is idolatry. When I start serving my job over and above Jesus, that is idolatry. When I start serving money, especially this thing of money, over and above Jesus, that is idolatry. Money should be my servant. That is what God has called. He's called us to be the head and not the tail. That my money serves me and by serving me, it serves the kingdom because I'm absolutely here to serve the kingdom. Woo! This, and it's, it was such an incredible key for me. Even silly things like, like uh, sport, exercise, that, that if it's my servant, it's bringing health to my body, it's helping me to relax, it's doing all those things, that's amazing. But the moment I start serving my sport, that's it. It's idolatry. I can't do it anymore. It doesn't mean sport is a bad thing. Sport is an incredibly wonderful, helpful thing, but when I start serving that thing, something's got to change. Same with money, same with, with my house, same with anything. I'll leave that there. We've all got it. I'm so grateful. Yay! I know you do. <laughs> and so we can worship money, we can serve money, or we can use money as an act of worship and service. 
we can use it as part of our service. And uh, in Matthew 6, verse 24, I don't have it up here. How could you worship two gods at the same time? You'll have to hate one and love the other or be devoted to one and despise the other. You can't worship the true God while being enslaved to the God of money. For if intention and desire are there, the size of the gift doesn't matter. Your gift is fully acceptable to God according to what you have, not what you don't have. I'm not saying this in order to ease someone else's load by overloading you, but as a matter of balance. And I just love how, how the, the Passion Translation puts this. Uh, and that word, that thing where it says, not according to what you have, but, sorry, that you are, uh, is fully acceptable to God according to what you have, not what you don't have. And I think that's so powerful. That really just struck such a powerful chord in me because so often when we want to give something, you say, well, I've only got this little bit to give. I don't have that. You know, you hear somebody giving away a car and giving away this and giving away that, and you think, I remember working as a waitress, and I would earn like 60 rand in a day, and, and I would go and I had all change, fortunately, because I was earning tips, and, and I would go and put those coins in that little bag and those coins in that little bag and those coins in that little bag. That was what I felt God had called me to give. And, and, if I, and so if on a Sunday morning I had my handful of coins and I put them in the bag and I think, oh, goodness, everybody's just hearing me put in coins and they're just going to think that, you know, because <laughs> coins make a noise. And, and I, just, I just felt the thing of it's not, that's, it's not the amount. And that's what he's saying there. If the intention and desire are there, the size of the gift doesn't matter. There's, when there's that faithfulness, when there's that step of faith in giving, it's not the amount. You can think that's, that's I mean, you, very small side note that I, I really enjoyed this week that is, that is linked into this. There's a site called Spend Bill Gates Money. <laughs> it has an amount at the top that shows you Bill Gates' worth, and I, I'm not speaking about him particularly, it's just that the site was particularly in his name. And, uh, and so you can go and um, buy NBA teams and stadiums and jets, and you just like click buy, 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 buy on this and, uh, and you know, this team and that country and whatever. You can buy a whole bunch of stuff and see how much money you have left, <laughs> which still is an obscene amount, which is crazy. So anyway, <laughs> so someone like that could give away millions, even billions, and, and you kind of go, oh, wow, that's so much. You know, I could never make such a big difference. But, but your giving is not about the amount. That's where I'm going with that. It's not about the amount. It's about the intention. It's about what God has called you to give. That's, that's possibly not even like 0.5% of, of their total income or worth or anything. And, and I, I can't judge another person's heart. But, you know, where is the intention? Where is the desire? And uh, so to... The thing is, when it's about the amount, it can be compared. That was where I was going with that. <laughs> it can be measured and compared. When it's not about the amount, when it's about the heart, it cannot be measured or compared. So the point there is to never compare your giving with another giving or that person's giving with that person's giving because you can actually never know what's in their heart. People could give billions. Uh, you know, the... the, the the 1 Corinthians 13, you know, uh, I only know that song words, that I may speak with bravest fire and have the gift to all inspire, but have not love, my words are vain. Somebody can give so much money 
without love, without a spirit of generosity and, and meh. <laughs> it's not, there's not a spiritual impact that leads you know, into a thousand generations from that kind of giving. But a few cents from a pure heart of generosity that's saying, God, this is yours. This is what I've got. This is what you've called me to give. Sowing that can have impact into a thousand generations. And that's something we need to get about our money is that it's not about the amount. There's that step of faith, that intention. What has God called us to do? He can take the tiniest seed and explode it into something incredible. Not comparing, not measuring, not judging means that we cannot judge people by what they do or don't have. Oh, look at them. They've got so much. Shouldn't they be giving more? Da, 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 they've got so little. Da, whatever the... It cuts all of that out. It's just about what has God called me to do? I don't have to worry about anybody else, actually. <laughs> it's none of my business. What has God called me to do? And uh, also an important thing here that also links in with that money is idolatry thing. We can judge our worth by what we have. And so often we overspend if we judge our worth by what we have. I need to have a car because I look important when I have that specific car. Uh, or these specific clothes or those shoes or those kinds of things because we feel our worth is judged by what we have, but actually our worth is judged by whose we are. That is what gives us infinite worth, and it's also then a lesson to not judge others by what they have and just invite them to become the same whose as we whose are. You know what I mean? <laughs> So your surplus could meet their need, and their abundance may one day meet your need. The equal sharing of abundance will mean a fair balance. As it is written, the one who gathered much didn't have too much, and the one who gathered little didn't have too little. And I'm really inspired by that, because that goes back to what I mentioned uh, last week about, about greed. And you'll see I've, I've repeated one or, two of, uh, one or two of these, that uh, there's abundance towards accumulation, and there's abundance to share. And the scarcity mindset will, will, will get stuck in an accumulation mindset. There is value in saving. There's value in all of those things. But, but if it's a case of, of uh, relentless accumulation, for the sake of accumulation, to be able to see the number going up, uh, then I think that shows a scarcity mindset, whereas an abundance to share, just a mindset of let's, let's, let's get a fair balance what Paul says there twice in the previous scripture and this one. So there's, there's um, storage and there's flow. What has God called us to? He's called us to flow. And I remember having a picture once of God kind of in heaven with a whole lot of pipes in front of him. <laughs> and there were some pipes that were kind of full up to the top, and he was like, I can't do much there. But the ones where they were echoing all the way through, he said, I can pour into those. And, and so... As, as finance resources, as it flows through us, there's space, actually. There's, there's space to, for God to, to flow further. He says, I know that if I, I put resources in there, I know it's going to go where I want it to go. <laughs> I know it's going to go where I want it to go. Uh, but if it's, I just had this picture of like water just sitting there, or you know, whatever he was putting in there, just sitting there and kind of, Trembling at the top, it was that full. He's just there's really nothing, nothing I can do there. But when it's moving, then we can we can keep going. 
And so win-lose tends towards inequality, whereas win-win situations brings us towards a position of equality. And it's, this just reminds us that we are blessed to be a blessing, not blessed to be hashtag so blessed. We are blessed to be a blessing. Uh, and just to let those resources flow through us and, and beyond us into the people around us and into the generations that will come to follow. So, 2 Corinthians 9, hilarious generosity. <laughs> I absolutely love this. I know Steve said God loves a cheerful giver, but uh, what, um, the way the Passion Translation translates is, is that uh, God loves hilarious generosity. <laughs> Not just a cheerful giver like, <laughs> I want to give my money, but hilarious generosity. <laughs> That's, that's, that's what he's called us to. And it's not like he's saying, well, I'm only going to give you a little bit and you have to be a hilarious, gen- hilarious giver. No, it's because he is so hilariously generous that he can tell us that he loves a hilarious, a hilarious, hilarious generosity, a hilarious giver. So anyway, a stingy sower will reap a meager harvest, but the one who sows from a generous spirit, not from a large storehouse, but from a generous spirit, will reap an abundant harvest. And that kind of makes sense if you're a farmer. You know what I'm saying? You sow five seeds, you're going to get five plants. You'll get an amazing harvest from five plants per plant. I mean, one tomato plant can give you a few hundred seeds, but a thousand maybe. Uh, but if you plant 20 seeds, you're going to get more plants and more. So, I mean, you kind of go, duh. <laughs> but it's something that we need to be reminded of. What, what are we sowing into? And so a scarcity mindset will say that we give out of religious duty. This is what God has called me to. Jesus sent. This is what I'm going to do. But an abundance mindset believes that generosity is a heart issue and that it flows freely from the heart. And I, and I hope that's really what, what we're getting today, is that, that we, we forgive because we are forgiven. We love because we are loved. We bless because we are blessed. And so I feel like God is, is, even over the past few months, he's just been giving us an even greater revelation of the forgiveness, of the love, of the favor, of all of the things that he's given us. He's saying, flow, flow, let it go, let it out, let it, let it reach into the nations, because I've got something that I want to do. I've, that's just this word I had, this, just this week I had a word for someone, and I said, you thought I was good, just wait. You thought I was good. Just wait. And I just felt this excitement on God's heart to say, you thought I was good, just wait. I've got more. There's something else. There's something new. There's something. He's, he's like a dad when you've, when you've bought gifts for your kids and you've got to wait for the day to give it. Just, yeah. <laughs> I, want to, I want to give it to them. And just wait. It's coming. Just hang on. Your kid's like, it's there. It's going to come. He's like, just wait. I feel like that on God's heart. You thought I was good. Just wait. And so 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8. Yes, God is more than ready to overwhelm you with every form of grace so that you will have more than enough of everything, every moment and in every way. He will make you overflow with abundance in every good thing you do. I think that scripture wins the prize 
for the most number of superlatives in it. <laughs> more than ready, with every form of grace, more than enough of everything, every moment of every way, he will make you overflow in abundance with every good thing you do. What an incredible promise. What an incredible promise that when we unlock that abundance, this is the abundance that, that God has, has promised to us. read this and I go, really, really? God says, really, really? <laughs> really, 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 really. <laughs> this generous God who supplies abundant seed for the farmer, which becomes bread for our meals, is even more extravagant toward you. First, he supplies every need plus more. Then he multiplies the seed as you sow it so that the harvest of your generosity will grow. You will be abundantly enriched in every way. See, he hadn't run out of every's yet. <laughs> You'll be abundantly enriched in every way as you give generously on every occasion. For when we take your gifts to those in need, it causes many to give thanks to God. And the one thing that I wanted to draw out of this is that uh, you would probably remember this as he gives um, bread to the eater and seed to the sower. That. He gives us things, and something else that, uh, that links into, for me, is uh, the land of milk and honey. You know, and they were brought into the promised land, which was the land of milk and honey. And I remember reading something about honey, that honey never goes off. Honey never rots or, or degrades or whatever. There's honey that's thousands of years old. It might get a layer of dust on top, and the layer of dust will get a bit grotty, but the actual honey itself never goes off. But milk, especially if you're living in the desert, one day, <laughs> and it's hot and it's gone, and so they would ferment it to keep it, but... I just felt like God saying, there's, there's, there's milk and there's, it's the promised land was a land of milk and honey. And he's given bread for the eater and seed for the sower. And so there are some things that are for having and there are some things that are for giving. There are some things that are for now and there are some things that are for eternity. And so we need to help trust God to show us which are the things that are for having and which are the things that are for giving. So did you see evidence of scarcity mindset in yourself? Even me. <laughs> There's bits where God is still getting out my, my, my lack and seeing his goodness. Uh, fear not. Uh, we, can, we can bust through those. Our minds are being re renewed to see what he has already given us. And uh, so what I was saying about that flight, flight or freeze is that how do we break that spirit of, of survival? that's really what it is. Fight, flight, or freeze is that thing of survival. How do I survive? That's it. I just want to survive. How do I get through this? And God is wanting to give us a revival. What's that? <laughs> to thrive in revival. I just thought of that now. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> he doesn't want us to just survive. He wants us to thrive in revival. That is what he has got for us. And so how do we unlock that abundance that he has already provided? We are not twisting his arm. We are not twisting his arm to try and squeeze something out of him. We unlock that abundance with revelation, which I'm hoping is something that's, that's happening now and will happen over the next few weeks, and with generosity. And with generosity, we come in the opposite spirit. Where there's a spirit of scarcity, where there's a spirit of survival, where there's a spirit of, of holding on, where there's a spirit of, of, of smallness. We come with God's love, God's expanse, and we, we do that by stepping in generosity. That is our step of faith. How do we see people healed? We start praying for healing. How do you see God's abundance? Start stepping into it. 
step into that generosity, step into uh, what, what he's already called us to do, and we will see the, the outcome of that. It's as simple and as challenging as that. For experienced givers, ask God to re-inspire you in your giving. Just kind of do a an, an little audit of your giving. Say, God, where have I seen something as, as, uh, as seed for the sower, where it needs to be bread for the eater? Help me here. Uh, for new givers, ask God where to start. Ask him where to start. Say, God, where, where do we start with this? You show me, and he will show you. And so, some last little thoughts. I know they're quite small, but on the screen. But I'll go through them. Just some last little thoughts on things that, that God has, has shown me as helpful in breaking a scarcity mindset uh, and, and being an agent of transformation through, uh, through my wealth and my finances. Hear from God. I've said that a few times. Keep hearing from God. If any of these don't resonate with you, leave them. If they do, ask God to, to work with you on them. Be generous even to people who don't look like they need it. Often you think, ah, they look like they've got everything they need. I don't. It's not about the amount. It's about the heart. Sometimes people who don't look like they need it are the ones who need it the most. Because sometimes people need to learn, and so the, the second one there is to accept the generosity of others graciously. And so sometimes it's, it's the blessing is in, in being given to, no matter what the amount is, the blessing is being, in being given to. Uh, for those of us who, who employ other people, pay living wage. I believe that's something that God is, 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 is on God's heart. There's a few times in Scripture where it says a worker deserves his wages as a way of saying that the, the voice of the oppressed cry out, the worker deserves his wages. So find ways to do that. People will say, oh, but a little bit is better than... We've got to ask God about that. Say, God, show me how to find creative ways of making sure that the people that I employ are not on the brink of poverty. Because in South Africa, minimum wage is barely enough to not starve. It really is. And so we don't go about what the law says, but we go about what God says. And so we can be agents of change and paying a living wage rather than, and, and maybe, and hopefully more, and ways of, of, of getting people out of poverty. There's no way to get out of poverty on minimum wage. Get out of debt for yourself. The borrower is a slave to the lender. And there are legitimate forms of debt where you could swap the asset back for the debt, and so it's, you know, it's a, it's a thing. But in times where that, that doesn't happen, then, then I feel I don't want to be a slave to someone else. I want money to be my slave. And so we are working very hard at, at, at getting out of debt. Uh, get help with planning or budgeting. Support local. When you buy in your local area, and that local person buys in their local area, and that local person buys in their local area, that triples the wealth in that area rather than me just buying outside of the local, the local people. So let's support local businesses. That is a one way that we can bring incredible transformation. Teach your children. I know my time's up, but this literally is the last minute. <laughs> Teach your children. Um, it's so easy when you're at the shop and your kid says, I want this, to say we don't have money for that. I've said it a hundred times. I'm sure any of us with kids have said it a hundred times. We can break that scarcity mindset because if we can't buy it because we don't have enough money, means that as soon as we do have enough money, we're going to buy it. And then, then you end up with buy everything on the first day of the month and starve for the rest of the month kind of mindset rather than a good financial planning. Way to change that? We didn't budget for that this month. 
Can you see how that's proactive instead of reactive? We're not carrying on that scarcity mindset with our children. We are breaking out into an abundance and a, and a stewardship mindset. And then the last one, to testify. Testify of God's goodness at every opportunity. Testify of what he's done, what he's released in your life, uh, and, and let other people know how incredibly good he is every day in every way. Amen. Amen.